The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday, not just any Monday, but we celebrate uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King today, Nebraska basketball, tipping off in less than an hour at PBA, the legacy game between Nebraska and Indiana. And uh, we're here down at the Single Barrel, a road show Monday for it here on this holiday. You're invited down. Maybe you're headed to the game. You want to swing through for something to drink all good maybe you just want to watch nebraska and indiana you can do that here from the single barrel uh, inside the graduate chris schmidt elijah herbal is back it's good to have him in studio we are streaming as he waves at everyone he waved with all five fingers fellas and ladies uh we are going to check in we are we are just full to the gill today with content to get into nfl on our mind nebraska basketball and Trey McGowan's makes his return. We'll see if Nebraska can snap their streak. Oscar football continuing to clean up in the portal when it comes to recruiting as Chuba Purdy is in making that announcement moments ago on Twitter. You can join us today as uh, we are streaming on Facebook and on Twitter, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter can also uh, communicate, be part of the chat on the ESPN Facebook Greg Smith, recruiting guru, shortly with Hale Varsity. A full weekend to discuss. And then uh, a a favorite son of Lincoln and uh, tremendous head football coach wherever he's been. Joe Glenn is in. Joe Glenn uh, did a great job at South Dakota and, of course, at Wyoming and Doan and Northern Colorado and Montana. I mean, go down the list, 200 career wins. And the pride of Pius, right? Joe Glenn will be with us. We'll check in with him at 425. Uh, Bill Dolman also going to join us on that interview. And uh, then into hour two, Charlie McBride joins us, get his take on some uh, news and notes. And uh, then Sam Cook, Pro Bowl punter, and uh, going into his 16th year with Baltimore. Uh, we'll get Sam's take on the NFL weekend. Let's get in and uh, dive into recruiting. We welcome in Greg Smith to Hale Varsity Radio. Greg's been busy. Greg's been all over it. At Greg Smith HV on Twitter is uh, where you find him. Greg, uh, we can start at 100 different spots, but I'm going to start with the the latest commit from the portal. That's Chuba Purdy, the Florida State quarterback. It was down to between Nebraska and Oklahoma. He chose Nebraska. What are your thoughts here on, on the job Nebraska did recruiting Purdy and then landing him? Yeah, uh, man, you're not kidding about there being 100 different ways you could go. Uh, the, the Purdy um, 
commitment is really good for Nebraska. Like, it's a big-time get, um, and you get a guy that can be, he can compete with Casey Thompson in the short term, um, but he can also be someone that you groom uh, for the long term with Mark Whipple, and I think that those two and that relationship was key here. Um, I think Nebraska for a long time kind of had their sights on being able to land two quality quarterbacks, one for the short term, one for the long term, and to see that kind of come together might be the big story out of this, um, considering kind of where when the season ended, if you had told fans that they'd be able to land two like kind of name quarterbacks um, to be excited about, um, you would have gotten a lot of eye rolls. This is a good day for the Huskers. It is, and it, it's been a high intensity, high effort for Nebraska, not only being able to go get Thompson and, and get a guy that in the short term has started 19 football games, but then with Chuba, He's a guy that there's so much upside to, Greg. And, and I think on one hand, it was surprising he jumped into the, to the portal as soon as he did November 4th from Florida State. On the other hand, I don't, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I get it. I mean, Florida State was, was struggling. He had been bothered with some injuries. And, and I think from, from the get-go, that collarbone injury his first year there really put him behind the eight ball. And he's done a great job of persevering and battling back from injury. But I think, is it fair to say he just needed the scenery change? Because, man, there's, there's so much upside with him when we talk four years to play four. Yeah, there definitely is a lot of upside. Yeah, I do think that there's something to – um, him needing to have that change of scenery. But, man, you think about all the things that have happened since he went into the portal November 4th. Uh, there's been a lot of change around college football. Uh, and so to, for him to kind of weather that storm and then take it out uh, to this week when he did to be able to be patient um, and wait for the right situation, I think also kind of says something about him, too, kind of his and his family's decision process. But I do think that he has a lot of upside. And, and having four years left, this is it. You know, when the portal first became really popular, I think most people thought it would only be grad transfers, really, um, or guys that were kind of, you know, retreads that you didn't know what you were getting. And you still don't know what you're getting, but I don't think that people envisioned having, you know, a guy that had four years left to play when you're talking about getting the quarterback out of the transfer portal. It's a really unique situation. Yeah, Greg, I feel like whenever you, you think of quarterbacks in the transfer portal, you're thinking of guys who are going and, and trying to find a spot where they're going to be a starter, and that doesn't appear to be the case here. Uh, well, I guess we'll see how quickly he picks up the offense and, and how much of an impact he can make. Uh, but what do you make of a kid transferring from one school where he's a backup to going to another school where he's likely going to be sitting for a, a year, maybe two, here at Nebraska? I think in this case, it says something about the relationship with Mark Whipple and the trust that he and his family have kind of in his history of being able to develop quarterbacks. So I think that this could probably, um, I'm sure that, that Coach Whipple decided to go ahead and push the the thing that he did with Kenny Pickett and being able to help develop him. I think that that probably played a role in this. But yeah, being able to have a, a situation where you go from needing that change of scenery because you were the backup to potentially being the backup again is really interesting but it also probably tells you um, Nebraska was pretty honest with him, you know, during the process, which is also a feather in their cap um, because you do have those additional years with him. If you, if you can keep getting patient and make sure that he knows that he's going to get developed by a good quarterback coach, uh, that's helpful too. Whipple, during our roundtable, Greg, a few weeks ago, was like, yeah, we had six or seven quarterbacks on the Pittsburgh roster. I guess we're the one place that kids didn't want to leave. I think there's some truth to that. Either they liked 
who they were working with and, and learning from in, in, in Whipple or there was some some just comfort level. There was, you know, it's like liking your job, right? I mean, they, they right. like Whipple, and he was such a difference maker with getting this, this uh, pledge from Purdy. I totally agree with you on that. Greg, I want to go uh, into the running back room for a moment here. Explain to us, please, DeAndre Jackson's situation, what went down, and then we'll also dive into Anthony Grant, but start with uh, what looked like a slam dunk from A&M that isn't going to happen, at least in the short term. Yeah, this one is its one of the stranger things to, to come across my phone on was that Saturday when that kind of came out. Um, that essentially, so last Tuesday, DeAndre Jackson committed to Nebraska to transfer from Texas A&M as running back. He comes in this weekend for an official visit, um, and then it turns out that not all of the academics were in order. I, I don't know necessarily who is to blame, and it really doesn't matter, like, who was to blame on, like, them being, like, Nebraska not knowing or if he didn't tell them or what it Probably was Nebraska not figuring it out, um, to be honest. But he could not then – he's not eligible to transfer from Texas A&M anywhere at this point. And so he remains committed to Nebraska verbally right now. Um, but he has to go back to A&M to get his grades in order to then hopefully be able to transfer to a school this summer. Now, right now, he wants that, that school to be Nebraska – it's going to be interesting to see kind of where what Nebraska situation is once we get to the summer because you know like it relates to the Anthony Grant situation they already took another running back basically to replace Jackson so unless someone else leaves I don't know if you'd be carrying you know more than six running backs on scholarship heading into 2022. Greg Smith is with us recruiting weekend recap Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow at the Single Barrel. Just in front of Nebraska, Indiana, the legacy game tip-off at 5. So we'll be here uh, during this uh, first half of Nebraska, Indiana. But Greg uh, doing a great job of recapping a busy weekend as Nebraska's really closed well and combined well between high school and portal and some JUCO. So we just found out about Jackson and A&M. So Nebraska's turned their attention to Anthony Grant, the, the fighting uh, New Mexico Military Institute. I always think of um, uh, Zach Bowman, right, from uh, yep. from the Callahan era, being from the from the uh, Military Institute in New Mexico. Hey, this kid's a, a, a pretty stud running back here. Not to hype him too much here, but Grant's got size at five eleven and and over two hundred pounds, and he's pretty diverse greg with the power and the speed combination but oh yeah by the way was the top running back in juco stop me if you've heard this before in lincoln <laughs> right and and that's funny because the guy that he just instantly reminded me of was Dietrich mill um and we mm-hmm. saw kind of we saw the flashes with mills and it's still one of those when you talk about it think through Dietrich mills career like i still it's a kind of a what-if story because if he was able to be fed and had consistent line play in front of him i still think that he would have been um better at nebraska or more productive at nebraska and he definitely had his moments but that's who i i really think anthony grant um is like he had a lot of production um this past year with like 1700 yards and 18 touchdowns um in route to you know winning the juco championship and helping his team to that like he's a he's a good looking running back 
that can provide Nebraska with another guy that can, you know, run between the tackles, has some good vision. I, I'm really intrigued by what happens with him. And probably the biggest thing for, from Nebraska's standpoint is, is that he'll be here tomorrow uh, to be able to start winter conditioning and spring semester of classes. Greg, I know that uh, Grant's also a guy that has some return experience at Florida State, but it sounds like he wanted to go be a running back, and he got that opportunity at New Mexico Military uh, Academy. And I'm seeing here uh, in the national semifinal, he had 26 carries for 398 yards, 34 carries for 192 in the national championship game. So my question to you is how well does that translate to Division One Power 5 college football from, from JUCO up to this level? So that that's going to be the million-dollar question, right? And whether or not you're getting the space to run in the Big Ten, so whether or not that's defenses that are now suddenly better, or if that's Nebraska's offensive line being able to be up to the challenge as well, um, that's going to be the thing. On the special team thing, it's interesting because it gives Nebraska another option back there, another sneaky one, even though I think that ends up being Trey Palmer. Like I feel like he's got the inside track of being able to be that return man, but having options never hurts. Uh, but I like what happens with Grant, and if he can continue that type of success that he had in JUCO, will be really interesting because he's not a guy. If you're one of those other running backs in the room already on the roster, when Grant gets to campus tomorrow, you're going to be like, okay, I need to get my stuff together to be able to make sure I'm still in the mix. Greg, uh, a thought with Nebraska. Greg Smith with us, Hale Varsity Radio recruiting weekend. Recap from Greg and find him on Twitter at GregSmithHV. Purdy is in. You get Anthony Grant, the top running back out of Juco, 1,700 yards uh, and uh, pretty versatile back. I want to get your thoughts a little bit closer to home and what Mickey Joseph's been able to do in the form of some in-state prospects. Greg, what can Mickey do in Omaha and Lincoln around the the state, you have Ben Nagoy from Lincoln High and also Malachi Coleman, two big-time prospects and targets for 2023. And it sounds like Mickey's already doing some work to keep uh, to keep Lincoln kids in Lincoln. Yeah, I, th- I think it was last week where we were talking about this, where you asked me, you know, what can Mickey and Bush do um, for Nebraska's recruiting tr- um, efforts? And I thought that if that Nebraska would turn them loose pretty quickly, and it seems like they did with both of them, um, but specifically with Joseph, I think that it's huge to be able to turn him loose on kind of on the local prospects where Nebraska had had some struggles here recently, or at least even the per- the perception I think was even worse than the reality because previously Nebraska had done well, but you know, recruiting as a what have you done for me lately kind of business. And so the, the players or top players trending away from Nebraska really hurts. I think Mickey Joseph will go a long way to being able to stop that. But it's not just what he's going to be able to do and make headway with prospects. And he really impressed those guys that you've mentioned with Ngoy and uh, Coleman. And Coleman told me that, you know, Mickey Joseph told him that he's not there's not going to be a guy that recruits him harder than, than Mickey Joseph will. And he'll be upfront and honest with him. He's made, you know, him getting to Lincoln or across town um, a big priority. But the other thing I think that Mickey Joseph will do is he'll be able to also go into high school and relate to coaches and be able to give them real examples of guys that he's put into the league and guys that he's been able to help. Like I, I just think that that's going to be a, a real home run situation for having Mickey Joseph kind of – I don't know if he's going to lead Nebraska recruiting at this point, but at least having him give a huge assist I think will help the program. You know what, Greg, I don't think Mickey's going to let – Nebraska take Nebraska kids for granted anymore. I think right. I think he's going to be uber proactive with uh, the in-state kids with the Metro, and that's that's going to be a difference that's needed. 
about 90 seconds here, Greg, a little less than Coach Applewhite. Uh, we know what he's been able to do in a short term. We're going to talk to his college coach, Joe Glenn, next. But a uh, thought here with some TCU connection. Uh, there's Mathis in the portal, big-time uh, pass rusher. Does Nebraska have a shot at him? Uh, Octaw Mathis, the edge rusher, back-to-back uh, all-Big 12 uh, defensive line performer. Yeah, I think that Nebraska, with now having Applewhite on the staff, I think that that gives Nebraska at least a foot in the door to make a solid pitch to Mathis. Um, and we know um, from history, if Nebraska can get you on campus and they can really get an honest look from you, they've got a shot, right? We've seen that in a number of scenarios, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think you also still have to keep an eye out on A.J. Allen. Uh, the former TCU, or you guys he's still technically TCU commit at running back um, because Apple White may want to bring him over as well. Um, we haven't heard as much about him yet, but I think it's coming uh, with Apple White and what he's going to be able to do for the Huskers. Greg, amazing work this weekend. Thanks for your time. Thanks for an extended hit today. We'll uh, catch up this week, and best to you, man. Thanks, Thanks so much. Hey, no problem, man. You guys have a great week. All right. Here at the single barrel uh, in front of Nebraska, Indiana, come on down, say hi. Joe Glenn, the pride of Pius, on the way with Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at the single barrel inside the graduate uh, tip-off here about uh, 35 minutes away, Nebraska, Indiana. We uh, welcome in the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman. Bill, we were going to have a a good old time with Joe Glenn. We're working on getting Joe back. I literally talked to him 90 seconds ago, and uh, we are now getting voicemail. So, uh, Bill, what's up, man? How was the weekend? You know, the weekend's okay. It's pretty balmy out here in Colorado. So, uh, you know, if anybody has any ideas or thoughts about coming skiing out here, May not be the uh, the place to be because it's like 60 degrees out here today. But uh, otherwise, just another weekend filled with biathlon fun, getting ready for the Olympics in a couple of weeks. Well, that's uh, exciting news, and it's 52 degrees here in Lincoln, and it is a ghost town less than an hour before tip-off uh, in the streets. I mean, it's just that, that, that's the, the feel and attitude right now. That's because <laughs> everybody's in the basketball. arena. Well, well, I mean, it, it might be friends and family, but at least uh, Bryce, I should say, Trey McGowan's is back. So I want to get your, your take here, Bill, on, on Applewhite real quick, uh, a little bit more on him as uh, we have a situation where he's really doing some work with some potential TCU kids uh, in the portal uh, and also on the recruiting uh, radar. And... You have some dividends being paid immediately with the running back room and Anthony Grant. 
speak a little bit, if you can, to uh, Applewhite and just the fact he's been to a lot of places and he's spent time at a lot of places, Bill, but he's had to recruit to some tough places. Not Nothing against, uh, you know, Colorado Springs or, or Laramie, but, you know, you, you really got to hustle to get talent in those locations in the mountain. Well, there's no question. Uh, you learn how to recruit with some of the places that he's been. You know, I, when I when Joe Glenn was in Wyoming and other coaches at Wyoming have told me that when they pick up a guy at the airport, they'd stop off in Fort Collins and uh, have a bite for lunch and just say, well, we're just going to have lunch here because Laramie's just up the road. Well, up the road's another couple hours. Uh, so you learn how to creatively recruit and how to sell and how to get guys where you uh, want them to be. He was also, as I recall, Louisiana Monroe for a while, and that's not exactly you know a metropolitan area either, although it has had the second best steak I've ever had in my life next to the single barrel. Um, but, you know, he's, he's paid his dues, and that means going to remote places. That means going to small schools and spending some time there. You know, it's not as though he was there for nine months, was there for a season and gone. So I like the commitment that I see. Now, he wasn't at TCU all that long because Gary Patterson was let go in the middle of the season. One thing about that that I was thinking over the weekend with, you know, the fact that he was with Gary Patterson even for a part of a season or two. Last year we kind of throw away 2020. But Gary Patterson I worked with when I was at the Mountain and around him and his program. It's a very detail-oriented program. Gary's a good coach. He's very much a football coach. He's not, you know, going to go out and work the room, although he plays a mean guitar and can sing pretty well, like Joe. But, you know, he's been around a program most recently that made that move from mid-major, if you will, the, you know, dominating the Mountain West and then becoming a player in the Big 12. So they've built that program into something very respectable. And the fact that he's had some influence from – a guy like Gary Patterson, who I respect, should not have been dumped in ceremonies like he was by TCU. That's really good. That's a really good experience for a guy like Applewhite. Now, it seems like since he's come to Nebraska, they're bringing in every single running back in the country that's in the transfer portal right now. So it looks like there's going to be like 35 guys in that room for him to work with. Well, you can find two if there's 45, right? Strength in numbers, Bill <laughs> Dolman with us. NBC Sports, we're working on connecting with Joe Glenn. Uh, that may be this segment. That may be next segment. I quite honestly have no idea why we're not connected, but it is what it is. So, uh, Bill, a thought on uh, Nebraska here specifically, uh, just where, where they can go um, offensively here. Whipple's done a great job as well with the Chuba Purdy addition at at, uh, quarterbacks and Nebraska was able to get both their quarterbacks and and then you you factor that in with with Smothers and Harburg did you believe Nebraska could go get to this offseason from the portal or did you think that was a bit um, a a bit of a, a pipe dream well first of all I believe everybody should go to Nebraska and experience the good life it may not be for everybody, but it is the good life. Uh, I'm, you know, it's really kind of surprised me how quiet the national media has been in regards to Scott Frost and the staff changes and the transfer portal over the past couple of months. The, the changes with the assistant coaches was made in, what, early November? And, mm-hmm. you know, then it was like desperation times and Scott should go and the hot seat and on and on and on. 
And then he hires Whipple. And then he brings, you know, Mickey Joseph, and or maybe it was vice versa, and Bill Bush, and now uh, Apple White, and, you know, Ron sticking around, all, all this. And then you see some of the players coming into the transfer portal, especially Casey Thompson, and it's all of a sudden like, oh, we have nothing to talk about with Nebraska right now. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty solid job. So I think Nebraska's done a pretty remarkable job. And I mean, we still have to wait to see. But for the most part, I think that everybody, if they were to grade out the coaching changes and what a team has done in the transfer portal, I would think Nebraska grades uh, very, very high in the estimation of those who, I guess, those opinions we care about, mine being the most important. So uh, I think it has been a very nice, quiet last couple of months uh, for Nebraska football for the most part. Let's go to the NFL. Uh, what do you think of Zach Taylor and what he's been able to do in Cincy? Obviously, the Burrow-Nebraska uh, connection and uh, what, a, what a way to hang on against the Raiders, uh, whistle or not. Uh, Zach was out of the old bars Saturday night handing out the game ball. Uh, we're big Zach Taylor fans. Loved his toughness when he was in Lincoln. But uh, really, really happy for him with what he's done in the NFL, working his way up. And uh, since he's uh, since he's hot right now, Bill. Well, first and foremost, we are very happy with Zach Taylor because he saved us from the Harrison Beck era at Nebraska. Possibly. Because as we know, you know, Harrison Beck was the guy, and we said on the Average Joe Sports Show, I think we need to be a little cautious about this. And they went out and got Zach Taylor. So uh, that was that was his first big uh, saving move. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, it, it's you know it, Cincinnati and Buffalo kind of remind me in, in terms of their market size and their fan bases and kind of overlooked a little bit. And when will they you know have their big moment? And I I think there's just so much to like about what Zach Taylor is doing how they went from, what, 0-11 his first uh, year, and they wanted him gone to where they are right now, and they'll probably rename the city after him. Uh, and um, But it's great, and it's great that they did that, that whole thing with going out. A lot of people, apparently he wasn't the only one, that hit the bar and gave out a game ball. And to, and, you know, to bring those fans into it and to let them experience your joy and your success, I mean, that guy is – that guy is going to be very popular in Cincinnati for a long time to come, especially if they continue to win and play like they have. They've got a superstar quarterback who would not have had the kind of season at Nebraska they had at LSU, but I think everybody is rooting for them for, the, for all the right reasons. They just seem to be a very likable uh, team in the NFL, and, and I certainly hope that they go far. But he is doing everything right right now. And that whistle is in the second quarter. There was still another half of football left to be played. So I don't want to hear any controversy about that at all. A few more minutes here with Bill Dolman on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, I can say I've officially jumped on the Cincinnati bandwagon as my uh, Broncos uh, just uh, in search of a hey, coach. I mean, I, I love what Zach Taylor brings to the Bengals. And I want to get your take on this. Um, Zach Taylor was probably the first Nebraska quarterback that I really remember watching. So, so where does he rank just in terms of pure quarterbacking ability on the, uh, the, the Husker quarterback chart of all time, if you will? And I guess you can even throw in his, uh, his after Nebraska accomplishments into that as well. Well, you know, I think you have to 
put it in different classifications because you just cannot put Zach Taylor in the same conversation with what Turner Gill and Tommy Frazier and, and those guys did at Nebraska. Uh, I mean, that, he's, a, he's in the mold of Vince Ferragamo and Terry Luck and Craig Sundberg and Dave Hom and uh, in that regard, as a you know a pro style type quarterback who relied more on his arm than his than his legs, um, you know I, I would certainly put him favorably with those those guys who were early on in in Tom Osborne's uh, uh, tenure at Nebraska, and you know his 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 play his pass to beat Texas A and M, and what was that 2006 or seven? I don't remember the year. You know, it was one of the great plays in Nebraska football history. Um, to beat them on the road in the final seconds, that that, that puts them right there in Nebraska lore with uh, with the best of that class of quarterback. He didn't have a you know great. Uh, I don't think he didn't even play in the NFL, uh, but he's certainly done what we were talking about with um, uh, Applewhite. He's you know gone and uh, paid his dues as a coach, and certainly risen up the uh, the professional coaching ranks very impressively. And I'm glad he's getting a shot, and he's going to be in that league for a long, long time and has done Nebraska very proud. Bill, about 90 seconds here, a thought on the Cowboys and how they imploded. And uh, what's the, the temperature down in Big D? You know Texas very well. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I'm amused with all of my Cowboy friends and the angst that they feel with every loss and every bad decision. And, you know, I don't disagree with Mike McCarthy that that was a, a, a great play, but it would have been a great play about 10 seconds earlier. Uh, and certainly if you had a timeout, uh, Prescott should have gone down. Dallas just misplayed the clock. And that is that is an, a play that is going to live on forever, much like the Clark catch against the Cowboys in San Francisco. The Prescott slide <laughs> as time running out will be played forever. And um, God love my Cowboy friends in the state of Texas, but they're not going to forget about that for a long time, no matter how many more Super Bowls they win. This one is one that's going to hurt. Jerry right now is still screaming at somebody. I mean, he is he's furious. The kids are furious. And you had a defense that was built there. They've got to take a look at their offensive line. They've got to take a look at their running back room. And uh, we'll see if they do it. I know Zeke played hurt, but he looks like a, a shell of what he used to be. Bill, thanks for trying to set this up, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll get it figured out, and we'll check in with you at the end of the week, okay? Anytime you get him on and you want me to hang out with Joe Glenn, I will be there for you because there's no finer group of people in Lincoln than the Glenn family. And I love knowing them, love knowing Joe, and people love to hear from him when you get a chance. All right, Bill. Appreciate it, buddy. Here's the single barrel. Hail Varsity continues. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hail Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back in Hale Varsity Radio down here at the Single Barrel. Inside the Graduate, an incredible steakhouse, over 250 whiskeys to choose from. We're just in front of Nebraska, Indiana. As uh, they tip off at 5, we welcome in Hall of Fame coach Joe Glenn with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we just had Bill Dolman on, and he sends his regards. How the heck are you, Coach? I'm doing good. I send my regards to Billy Dolman, too. We were dear friends since he was about 10 years old. He was one heck of a ball boy, it sounds like. Yeah, he's a great guy. And then later on in life, we, we worked together a little bit in Denver and did some of the um, colleges up and down the front range. And um, we've had a lot of fun together. He's a wonderful man. Coach Glenn, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, and thanks for joining us. And a lot of folks in Lincoln are excited to hear from you. Uh, let's hear a little bit about Brian Applewhite. Tell Nebraska fans what they have in a running backs coach. Well, isn't this crazy? But I, um, he's one of my favorite people of all time. I, we go back 30 years. In fact, uh, it was exactly 30 years ago that I did a home visit with uh, Fred Nan Applewhite and Brian Applewhite just coming out of high school, and he was an all-star athlete in the state of Colorado out of Brighton, Colorado, and he was a sprinter in track. He was a, a two-way player in football and uh, all-stater, uh, and um, he, he chose Northern Colorado, and really he was he was one of the guys that, that led us to back-to-back uh, -back national championships uh, his junior and senior year, he was a, a running back and a fullback. He's a big bruiser, and he could take him on in blocking and pass protection and running pass routes out of the backfield. And so when when we got done, we we just about ran the table in, in the North Central Conference, and that was with uh, North Dakota State, you know, still in the league and. Uh, North Dakota was really good at the time. I think Nebraska-Omaha was still playing in there, and they had a good football team. Um, anyway, but uh, Brian hadn't quite finished school yet when we left, and then so later on he joined us. He became our running back coach at the University of Wyoming. And uh, at that point, uh, he, was, he had coached a little bit at Northern Colorado, got his degree, and uh, if we did do we got after uh, – we had some good wins there when Brian was coaching. We had beaten uh, BYU. We had beaten um, – oh, we had a win over uh, Tennessee at Tennessee, which was fun. And there was 98,000 people at that game. I, they didn't have much to say when the game was over. <laughs> but, uh, no, we um, – we went on and had amazing success with Brian coaching our running back, and he was a great recruiter for us because we recruited pretty much the front range, and uh, Brian was a Nebraska recruiter and had some good players from the state of Nebraska playing for us out there. So um, I think what you got is a, a guy that now has gone on and coached um, at a higher level uh, than – most people ever get to <laughs> and TCU had amazing success with Brian coaching the running back and I know Gary thought the world of him um, and 
he is going to bring a, a, what I think is a real presence uh, to Nebraska's coaching staff. He's a, he's a wonderful human being, and yet he's got a tremendous spirit, a love for the game of football. Um, he's got a personality that just uh, a winning smile when he walks in a room. The parents will uh, <laughs> drop over. He's Hollywood handsome and just as kind as he is handsome. And uh, one of my favorite guys of all time. And his family the same way. Uh, his younger brother's a doctor. That's his only uh, brother. And then mom and dad were highly successful administrators in the Denver uh, school system. And uh, Fred and Ann are just fantastic people to have on your team and in your corner and uh i just i can't be i've been a nebraska fan since i was born my dad pat glenn um Mm -hmm. played on dx bibles big (laughs) here you go you ready for this big six championship team i think it was 1933 (laughs) so i've been tied to nebraska ever since i was uh, a knot holer down at the south end uh Never missed a game until I left Lincoln uh, to go away to college. So, um, love my Huskers. Um, love, I love your head coach, and uh, I just, I know and I pray that good things are ahead for him. He, he really is a good coach. He really is a good man. He's a great competitor, and um, they're they're kicking that door, kicking that door, and and I know it's going to cave in here pretty quick. But I want to wish. Uh, Coach Scott Frost, all the luck and, and happiness there. That's a, I always thought just a wonderful, a wonderful pick for Nebraska, and I, I think this will all play out. I don't know how they can have any more bad breaks than than what they've had, but uh, I look for big, big things to happen from the Huskers. Joe Glenn with his couple more minutes, uh, Hall of Fame coach, obviously Wyoming and uh, Northern Colorado, and of course South Dakota. Uh, a lot of folks that smile when they hear Joe Glenn's name, uh, pious connection. Coach, uh, about about a minute and a half here, but what's what's Coach – I want to go back to Coach Applewhite for a second. And you know the era of college football today where there's a portal, there's a transfer, folks can leave, and it, there's no questions asked. Could, could Coach Applewhite kind of help soothe some of that when it comes to what he's able to demand out of the kids but also – the relationship and connection he can make with, with the players on the trail and also in the coach's room? i just tell you this. I, I don't know a lot about that, um, the portal deal. I wasn't in favor of it, but, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think mm-hmm. it's good for college football, but I would tell you this. I think what you need is a guy that actually loves his kids and loves his people and loves his job and loves his coaching staff. And you got to have some love for – the kids that you're coaching and just you got to sell them if they're not the first two and they're not getting a lot of at you got to let them know and you got to make them feel that they're good enough to play there they got a scholarship going to school there uh brian will do that he will bring that love for football that love for uh, nebraska um to the kids and they got to build up uh, a, a strong love for their position players and um i, I think that's the only thing that's salvageable all the kids want to play right away there's there's no doubt about that but if they're not playing you got to hug them up and let them know that their day will come and uh stick with it and uh, bear down <laughs> coach glenn you want to say hi to anybody in lincoln before we say goodbye oh yeah i want to say hi to the, the glenn family many of which uh 
I have been with all my whole life, and uh, we're actually going to be back in town here pretty soon. And um, I promised Brian I'd try and find him and have a cup of coffee or a sandwich, and um, I'd love to stop down and um, see Scott. I coached Scott in the uh, – well, I was a position coach with him when we were in the Hula Bowl together. Uh, That's and awesome. <laughs> first chance I got to be with Scott and – of course, I knew his father when his dad was alive and uh, mm-hmm. old friends. And anyway, I just wish Nebraska all the best. And uh, I think it got a real shot in the arm in Brian Applewhite. And Brian, if you're listening, I love you, brother. And uh, go get them, Huskers. Coach Glenn, you take care. Thanks for making this happen today. Thanks a lot. See you, Chris. I'll, I'll look you up when we get to town. Sounds good, Coach. See ya. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Joe Glenn, Bill Dolman, uh, and folks that helped put this together. Coach uh, Butler over at Southeast and Jimbo Hansen. Tip of the cap to you, my friend. Let's get Paul in on the horn here down at the single barrel ahead of Nebraska, Indiana. That tip off is five minutes away. Charlie McBride coming up in 10 minutes. Paul, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, bud. I got to tell you. Chubbo's my man. He's coming. I am so psyched. It's not even funny. 300 is not just a really good bowling score. It's kind of reflective of my weight. So when you hear me say that I am chubby for Chubba, you know what I'm talking about. Brother, have another. I love it. Um, Yeah, good quarterback. Dual threat guy that uh, Florida State had and doesn't. And it's a whipple get. And uh, it's a situation for Nebraska. Chuba's a, a talented kid, and it's a nice win when you, you're able to get him over Oklahoma. Now, can we keep both of them, both Chuba I, and Casey, this fall? Brother, I, I, let's, let's just get him here and let him work out, and let's get through spring. <laughs> right? Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's, that's my thought. I mean, I'm not going to worry about losing. You just got him. And yeah. Let's uh, let's let's get some uh, some seasoning on them from from Whipple. With all this good news, uh, what do you think the over under is on spring game tickets? You know, I think I think the the uh, demand will ramp up. I mean, it's football; we're starved for it. We we still go during a nine and or I should say a three and nine campaign where you're, you're top ten in attendance. So. You'll go. I just hope the yeah. weather's as good as it's been this week, Paul. Uh, for sure. If we get this kind of day. My, my over and under number's got to be 45,000, and I'm still taking the over. All right, Paul. Appreciate the phone call. I appreciate you listening, bud. Thanks for dialing up. And, uh, yes, uh, Kevin chimes in. Facebook and Twitter is where you can also interact on the stream yard. Uh, Kevin's uh, loves the pretty commitment also, Brennan chimes in with the talent and depth we're putting together in the running back room. I expected no less than two different 100-yard rushers per game. <laughs> but seriously, I like uh, like it all, and that's a lot of capable mouths to feed. Good stuff from Brennan. Can chime in. Can also tweet in at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. As uh, we wind down this first hour, single barrels, doors are open for you. They opened up at 430. Get a whiskey, 250 different whiskeys to choose from. Uh, Plenty of beer on tap. 
And I know uh, many of you are headed to Nebraska, Indiana. We'll keep you updated on what's happening with uh, that ball game. This is your chance, Nebraska, to, to end the slide. Indiana's a really good basketball team. They're probably an NCAA tournament team. They are not a road team, all right? Reminder about buckling up uh, one of three one of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink, don't drive? A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll dive into some portal thoughts with Coach McBride on the running back room and, of course, the quarterback acquisition of Chuba Purdy. Uh, we'll get Coach McBride's take on what's happened in the NFL, and then a uh, NFL Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, Sam Cook, uh, will join us, the punter for Baltimore. We love talking with Sam. We'll probably even get into some steaks. Uh, Sam's a steak guy. Uh, hour two next with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out into Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Roadshow Monday as uh, we're on site. Uh, we were on site. We're still on site ahead of Nebraska, Indiana. That has tipped off, and it's been a layup and a dunk for Indiana as uh, Nebraska turning the ball over immediately. We'll see where things shake out. I uh, will get that game on the old tube here shortly and see how... <laughs> How the crowd is. Uh, we invite you down to the single barrel, incredible steaks and uh, 250 whiskeys to choose from. Beers. Now, last time I was here, Coach Smith and I had the butcher's board, and that was sausage, that was ribs, uh, that was a a sirloin and a New York strip. It had bread. It had some sort of uh, creams. It, it was incredible. And I, I mean, I, I ate. Uh, for, for Elijah, and I probably ate for Coach McBride. It was incredible Schmitty, how I've, much uh, meat we had. I've, I've uh, pulled up this uh, Husker basketball game, and it's good to see the student section back, but elsewhere in the arena it is pretty sparse. It's ghost town. Let's welcome in uh, Hall of Fame coach, and it is a Monday, a Monday with Charlie. Coach Charlie McBride with us. Coach, how was the weekend? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I wasn't, I wasn't hungry till you started talking. <laughs> Well, I got to send you a picture of this uh, this this uh, butcher's board that we had last week in front of the Illinois game. You uh, remember Coach Jeff Smith over at Southeast and was part of Nebraska's basketball staff, and we uh, we split a meal. So it was 
It was incredible. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you need a steak. You get to the single barrel. Uh, what do you think of Nebraska's weekend? They've been able to land a lot of the recruits they've gone after. Uh, the latest is the quarterback, Purdy, uh, from Florida State, coach. And uh, he was at one point the number six-ranked dual-threat quarterback. Got hurt down at Florida State. Uh, but uh, Mark Whipple uh, able to to really connect with him. And Nebraska has a full room of quarterbacks that can go compete here this spring, Coach? Well, it's a good thing that they have uh, space between their eligibility and they're not there for, you know, just one year or whatever the case is. And um, I think I think if you do it that way, I, I, I've always kind of been concerned about the, the kids that you got recruited that, you know, what are they – where they what's it put them you know because they they've been kind of shoved in the background because of all this and you know that's that's a hard thing to take you know if if, if you're you know if you're a young kid that's trying to just fight your way to the top but you know i that's i've always looked at their you know the how how are you gonna how's it gonna relate to the program I think I think by having quarterbacks like that, it, it will it will really you know be good. Um, but the thing is, is too the competition is it going to be there? You know, you know, because you never know. You got, you know, the way you look at it right now, you got four quarterbacks, two coming in, and two you got that are pretty good quarterbacks or can be. You know, and and they want to know where they stand, and so that's. You know, that's the hard thing, you know, that you have. You always have that when you came in with junior college players and you tell them one thing and <clears throat> that they're going to start and then they don't. And then you got a, you got a, 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 could be a possible cancer starting on your team because the guy that, mm-hmm. you know, and so though, there's there's so many things that are involved in that. You know, I, I I read some of the things that the fans are saying, and they don't. They, you know, in, in in reality, they don't really have a clue what it takes to have a good football team. And if you don't have a bunch of kids that are all together, you're you can have the greatest players in the world, and uh, you know, and not do anything. And I I've been in situations where we played teams with better athletes, and and I said one thing one one time is. We're going to win this game on character, and we did. <laughs> you know, it's going to. You know, it's 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 just a matter of you know you got guys that are split apart that all they're worried about is themselves, and you you can't win that way. At least in college. Now maybe in in professional football they're playing for money. You got to <laughs> you, you, if you don't play you don't get any money. So. You know that's not hard to inspire somebody, but uh, it's it's. I think it's important when when players are young and they make a commitment and then turn around and they. And the thing that's hard is you can look at the guys we we've had here. They make a commitment and then they leave, and you probably never hear their name again. You know, you're not far off on that when it comes to the, the transfer decision. Rarely does it 
I shouldn't say rarely, but it's it, 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 there's not a, a boatload of success stories once someone leaves for another place, Coach. You're right. You mentioned character. You mentioned chemistry. And how did you go about getting a kid in, whether he was JUCO and the time's ticking or he's a freshman and you have kids that, that think they should be playing, but you know they're not ready. They, the problem is they know they're not ready yet. How were you able to, to smooth that over with, um, with, with communication and just tell them, look, your time will come. You just got to well, keep working. It, it's, it's a maturity thing, and some kids have it and some kids don't. Well, I, I, we didn't really, whole, uh, really run into a whole lot of that kind of thing because we, we tried to develop what we had. Um, you know, and the players. And, the, the, you know, when you come in, and, I, you know, I go back to the same thing that I, back in, back when I was even playing, uh, our coach gets fired. We're all going to quit. No, we're not. We're all going to stick together. And we did, and we won. And and we did because we stuck together, and we, you know, and with a new coach and staff, the whole deal. But, you know, when you get kids that are worried more about themselves and what's going to happen to me and me, 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 and it's not I, 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 or our, our team, not it's my mm-hmm. team. I Every time I hear a quarterback on TV saying, my, my lineman and my this and my that, I'd like to kick his butt because it's not mine, it's ours, you know? And and it just bothers me because anytime I hear that, I know one thing. He's a, he's a one-horse guy. It's me, me, me. And um, so I can usually figure that guy's going to get his butt handed to him, <laughs> you know, before it's all over. Because it, it always turns out that way. It really does. I mean, it, and there's been times when it hasn't, but in the long run it will. And, um, you know, it's just like I I was I was saying today, you know, I I saw a little comment in the, about going into Canada. You know, they have a little deal in Canada where it says, you know, welcome to Canada. Uh, don't try to change it. If you don't like it, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> that the, to know. me that 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 says a lot about the. Uh, I had a friend kicked out of their border uh, during the <laughs> pandemic. He took a motorcycle ride up, and they uh, they detained him. They're like, "Look, you're not supposed to come up here and and cross the border." Uh, you, yeah, we'll see where things go. Nebraska seems Coach McBride also to have a pretty good. Uh, Lock in on, on the running backs. You have Brian Applewhite, that's the new running backs coach. And we just got done talking to Joe to Joe Glenn, who uh, recruited him and coached him. And, and then, you know, he worked for Joe at Wyoming. And oh, yeah. I, I think he's done a nice job. He was with Patterson, of course, at TCU. But Nebraska able to, uh, to get uh, this uh, top JUCO running back. And uh, he's out of the, the uh, Anthony Grants, his name, 5'11", 220, and uh, ran for a lot of yards. I know uh, Juco is uh, one, one option you can go to, but it looks like Nebraska is continuing to, to try and find running backs. And when you look at Nebraska's running backs, Coach McBride, what's, what's been the, that, that difference maker in some of the better backs you've, uh, you've had a 
chance to, to, to be a part of and coach with. What, what's been – has it just been the athletic ability or has it been the toughness? What, what are some of the traits that define a really good back in Lincoln? Well, that, 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 we're in a kind of a different little era. We were playing at I formation, and, and it, I, I just remember you, you had to do you – had, you, had, you, had you had to be able to block. Okay. Right. Uh, the, the, the pro scouts came in and asked me about Tom Rathman and, and Roger Craig. Can they catch the ball? And I looked at them and I'm going like, I don't know if Rathman's ever caught one that I can remember. <laughs> and Roger has caught a couple of screens we had out on the side. <laughs> and you go into the NFL and they both got great hands and they're throwing the ball all over the place. Those are the things. These kids have to be multi. I mean, they have to be able to catch the ball. They have to be able to blocking is the biggest thing I think with a young back. I mean, um, you know, to, to protect the quarterback. Some sometimes they they probably run into it more now than they have when we were using the I formation because um, the I-formation I-back didn't really have to do a whole lot of blocking. And uh, the fullback did. And, uh, you know, but now it's so multiple. Um, you know, tight ends are that sometimes they're split guys. Sometimes they're number two out there, you know. And uh, <laughs> the game's changed so much. Uh, so I respect these these guys that are recruiting and doing things, and the fit your offense is is the whole thing in recruiting. Will this guy fit? Mm-hmm. You know, as a as a as a player, will he fit as a person? And uh, um, you know, when I went out when I was coaching at Arizona State, you better be ready to be hollered at, screamed at, jumped up and down. I mean, this guy's going to be on you. And I told them the truth. And the guys that came were the guys that were we met, we won a conference championship every year. You know, I mean, it was it was just that way. So I think you know you have to be a, a kind of a person. I think that uh, believes in loyalty. I think a person that believes in caring about other guys. And you know, you're. You're always worried about whether you're going to get to the NFL now. That's kind of scary because mm-hmm. the money's gotten so big, and it's not—it's not unusual. I mean, I'd probably be there too. You know, I, I don't. But I tell you what, I do say I see a bunch of guys on defense that uh, aren't moving around. You, you hear what I'm saying? No, I, I mean, yeah, they like where they're at. Coach, want to ask yeah. you about? We got a couple minutes here about Zach Taylor and uh, what he's doing in Cincinnati. Oh, that, 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 I was so excited, you know. I could just see him on the sideline, you know, when I was watching him. And a couple of times you get a smile smile out of him. But, you know, with – and, you know, you have to kind of – you kind of have to lock uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe Burroughs into, into, into Nebraska a little bit. Because you know his family, they they played half of them played for Nebraska, and you know his older brother did, and was a heck of a linebacker for us. And 
you know, and I think he really wanted to come here, but I, I guess they didn't realize how good he really could run with the football maybe sometimes. And uh, I, I think that he probably ended up doing just do, going in the right path, you know, and some guys like him may, may be that good but go the wrong path and it i mean it just has to work out it just has to be you know that way and i know you could go ask him well how two years in a row he was the starting quarterback in the spring and two mm-hmm. years in a row they set him back and had some other guy stand in front of him and when then he went down and played at LSU and showed them that they made a mistake they they absolutely did uh with uh, with with who they picked in in Columbus and it worked out well at LSU. But with uh, with Burrow, that's that's incredible. And uh, we'll talk with Jimmy this week. But uh, coach, about sixty seconds. How about how about just the work that Zach Taylor's done uh, to to kind of climb the the coaching ranks and have it pay off like it has? Well, it cares. I mean, it. it you know, when you go in there, some of these guys, you know, some of these guys in the NFL are all about, you know, uh, being, you know, this per- perfect and being all this stuff. And you, if you got a bunch of guys, it's the same thing. It's that they'll play together, that are having fun, that are doing stuff. You know, you can't change all those things. I mean, most of these guys are well coached. I mean, know what they're doing, but if you've got guys that they'll listen to and they'll coaches that they'll listen to and do the right things, they're going to win. And that's why the Bengals, I think, are in a, a team. And I think Joe made uh, Burroughs made a difference in in, in, in the team. You know, by by just being the kind of person he is and being the background he had and. Acting like you know this is no big deal. This is just part of the part of the way I grew up. Charlie McBride's with us, Coach. We'll uh, watch some more football this weekend and catch up with you Monday. Thanks for taking time today. We'll have fun this weekend. <laughs> Everybody's crazy about the, this. The what's going to happen? So we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm kind of pulling for the Bengals to do something great. Same here, Coach. We'll take. Uh, we'll, t- we'll check in okay. Monday. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out here uh, on the road, a Monday road show, Nebraska basketball, Indiana, earlier tip-off time as the Huskers trailing 17-14 to Indiana, wild one with Purdue, and 
Illinois uh, double overtime affair. The uh, Boilermakers hung on there, and we'll get caught up here with Nebraska and uh, Indiana. Big Red trying to, to stop a losing skid. Let's stick with some NFL and welcome in a Super Bowl champ and pro bowler. And uh, we say hi to Sam Cook with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Sam, thanks for a few minutes. How you been? Doing good. How about you? We're good. We are at a, a the mother of all steakhouses, the Single Barrel. And I know you're a steak guy. Last time we talked, you were doing you were doing your own little kind of um, you know steak um, uh, display, right? You were doing some grilling. Uh, what? Uh, yep. <laughs> what what can you what can you tell me any any new uh, any new tricks to the trade any new seasonings uh sam with uh with your steaks well all i can tell you is uh you know i have this company back in seward nebraska called plum creek wagyu oh and wow that's some amazing amazing steaks and uh okay. you know when you when you get those kinds kinds of steaks not a whole lot of seasoning you need to put on them <laughs> I bet not. Sam Cook is with us. Sam, it's it's awesome to spend time with you, and we'll dive into some NFL in a little bit. But I want to get your thoughts here on on Nebraska, and you're a proud Husker, and and you were a big time punter for the Big Red, and 16 years in the NFL. I want to go into Bill Bush and and the difference he made. I ask that because he's back in Lincoln, and he's made the move from being an analyst now to special teams coordinator. And uh, you have firsthand experience. What what was it about Coach Bush that that made special teams pop? And how did he uh, how did he help you? You're you're really talented, but it sounds like Bill Bush had a plan back when you were in Lincoln. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was there, it was just um, Bill. Bill brings that uh, that energy and vibe that you need as far as specialists and. And he does a great job coaching guys and all the guys that we had at that time, like your Brandon Ragonis and, um, oh man, like Philip Kniep, all these guys that played special teams at the time just were like hard workers. And he found a way to get that, that work ethic out of you on special teams and everybody was willing to play for him. And just the way, like I said about his energy, the way he went about his meetings you were going to stay awake because he found a way to keep it energized. So he was able to connect. And did he mince words? Did he challenge you? Did he did he make it a point to, to let you know how important it was? Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a third phase of football, but in, in tight ball games, be it in the NFL or the Big Ten, it's that phase in the game, special teams, that can win you a ball game. Or lose it. Absolutely. I think that he was the first person to kind of, between him and Scott Downing, who were both there at the time, you know, really basically started the fundamental process of how much special teams means to any sort of football team. You know, when you're in the NFL, if you're not that first-round guy, you're going to have to play special teams. And if you don't know how to play special teams, then there's, you know, it shortens up the potential for your career just because they always say the more you can do, but he always stressed the importance of the more you could do on special teams to help out your team, the better it's going to be. And I feel like that was the way he approached it, the way he uh, approached each meeting, how he coached each and every guy and put us out there on the field every Saturday. 
Sam Cook is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Pro Bowl punter and Super Bowl champ for the Baltimore Ravens. Sam, uh, I want to spend a second, if it's all right, on, on Brian Bushidi. Uh, he's a transfer in, former FCS punter of the year, and we had a chance to talk to him when he signed with Nebraska, uh, making the move from Montana to Lincoln. And, and he's a guy that, that sounds a lot like you in the sense he has a repertoire, right? He has his own uh, setup and, and uh, different, different punts like uh like you have and we've talked to you about the knuckle kicks and the the spinner and the boomerang and and you have it's like you're a pitcher with uh you know uh your your arsenal of different pitches what have you uh kind of gleaned from Bushini? i know he's reached out to you uh what what are some of those conversations like and what do you think of his ability coming to lincoln yeah well um yeah when he signed here congrat or signed to the huskers i congratulated him um I think it's going to be a good fit. It's one of those guys that when, when he sent me his YouTube film and some other film, he reminded me a little bit of myself and as well as Sam Fultz. Like, he was oh, wow. a guy that came out there. He just had that raw talent, raw ability, and raw leg strength that he could just, you know, just could punt the ball and it just pop off the foot. And he also has the ability to you know, mix in those other punts and, and the finesse part of the punting game, which is you don't see a whole lot of that at that league, at that level. You know, most of the people are just bombs away as hard as they can. But watching his film is very inspiring in the sense that I, I think special teams at Nebraska is going to be headed in the right way, bringing him in. And, uh, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got a lot of things that, he can work on and he has been working on since uh, since we've both kind of connected and he's just going to be a great addition to the special teams and I know with Bill Bush there he's going to make sure he stays on on track and practices those fundamentals and does the things the right way and hopefully he'll be the next punter coming out of Nebraska into the NFL. Same whenever you, you look at punting from the outside I think there's a lot of influence from people like Pat McAfee, who, who make it seem like it's all about hitting bombs, but Brian's a guy who almost sees uh, an art to punting. I think you're a guy who, who is kind of the, the same way. Uh, so just tell me a little about that art of punting and how much uh, having a, a guy like that at Nebraska can impact Nebraska's special teams as a whole. Well, absolutely. Um, first off, Pat McAfee, he's just he's a great guy. You know, he's one of the, one of the best guys, but... Um, and he's right. It's all, you know, in some ways, you're always looking for that biggest bomb. But in some places, too, when you're playing in Nebraska, in my senior year, we averaged 22 miles per hour per game. Bombs away doesn't really work, you know, most of the time because you can punt it into the wind. It just doesn't go anywhere. So you have to find ways to control it and be able to manage the ball and be able to put it in places where, you know, you can help your team the most. And his ability to do that with some of the kicks that he showed has just been really, it's been phenomenal at this point, especially coming from Montana. I don't know if the weather's very similar or not, but, you know, just those types of things and being able to have that finesse to put it inside the 20, back up the uh, defense or back up the, uh, the opposing team's offense, get that a lot of that green grass behind the defense and help the team in any way is just such a huge support 
for you know the Huskers and, and any football team for that matter. And so I think Couple he brings minutes. that. What's that? I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> I just I was going to end by saying I think he brings a a side to punting that uh, you know you haven't seen in in college just at, at Nebraska yet, and that's the ability to be able to hit those rugbies, hit those different types of punts, and be effective with it. Sam Cook is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Super Bowl champ, Pro Bowler with the Ravens, year 16. Sam, with the NFL, bud, you guys had such a unique season. You were right there, a lot of one-score way, one-score ball games for the Ravens this year, a lot of one-play ball games, right, where you're going for two at the end of a ball game. How, did, how would you characterize this year? What was it like for you? You've been to the playoffs so many years in a row, and you guys are right there again trying to get in. Yeah, you know, this season it was it was it was tough. You know, we had a lot of injuries and things just didn't go our way. But it was one of those one of those teams that no matter how much you know things would happen to us that potentially would go wrong, we always had the guys to step up and always put us in a place to potentially be victorious at the end of these games. And yes, there was a many games that didn't come out our way, but. It was a hard-fought team, and this team never gave up. And it was exciting to be a part of. It's exciting to be a part of an organization that stood by each and every guy that came in there. And and the way we played, even though we didn't have our a lot of our starters, was uh, commendable to a lot of the guys. And it was a, at the end of it, it was very frustrating that we uh, we couldn't finish it off and put ourselves in a position to go to the playoffs but we look at it as uh we we learn from this and we come back next year stronger and and make that push for the playoffs sam a teammate of yours a friend of yours zach taylor uh, on the sideline wearing the headset i know they're a, they're a division rival that said you know you've known uh, zach for a while and uh if you care to comment what do you think of cincinnati and where they're at right now well, I mean, we know Cincinnati just as good as anybody. And, you know, you got Zach Taylor, a great friend, um, great coach. You know, they, uh, you know, he got Joe Burrow there. It's a great, uh, a great team. And you know, when we play them all the time, we're always playing them uh, to the wire. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's always hard fought games, but they got a great team. And I, I think they'll do well. And Sam, how about you, Bud? I mean, you're working on almost two decades in the league. How you, you feeling? Great? Are you as is is uh, ready for another season as you've ever been? Yeah, you know, I'm. You know, just do the things I can on a day to day basis to keep myself as healthy as I can. And you know, I put a huge thanks out to Sam Rosengarten, my P, our PT, and Yoni Rosenblatt, our PT, who spend countless hours with me and just keeping me right and keeping my body right to keep me on the field and can't thank those guys enough but you know my my thought is my my physical ability is still there and mentally I'm still there and really want to go out there and you know end on a bang you know hopefully get to the playoffs maybe even win another Super Bowl and Love being a part of this organization These with all these people, all the upper management, all the coaches, and there's definitely no other place I'd rather be. And 
you know, I just want to go out and and play another season and see where that takes me. You know, at the end of that season, that'd be you know, another question. But um, I, I really look forward to hopefully potentially being being around with the Ravens for another two, three years at least, and really look forward to another year. Well, we want to see you out there again, Sam. Keep up the great work, and it's always fun to talk some ball with you, Sam. We'll, we'll do it again, and thanks for your time today. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for having me. Take care. Sam Cook with us here at the Single Barrel on Hale Varsity. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show Chris at HailVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time down here at the Single Barrel. Good stuff from Sam Cook. Uh, Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champ for the Ravens. And Sam's working on 17 years in the league. I mean, part of the 06 draft class. And he's been big time. Uh, Nebraska getting the commitment from Chuba Purdy uh, earlier today. Great stuff from Greg Smith and uh, Charlie McBride earlier. Joe Glenn joined us. Uh, on his uh, one of the one of the, the players and, and coaches that were part of his staff uh, in the form of Brian Applewhite. So some great insight on on Applewhite from Joe Glenn. Some great insight on Bill Bush and uh, the new punter for Nebraska, Brian Buschini, from Sam Cook, as well as uh, some NFL thoughts on the weekend. And you know that's that's got to be awkward where your your teammate, if you're Sam Cook of Zach Taylor, and you're right there. And that AFC North man was so brutal. Where you have two eight nine te- eight and nine teams, a, a team that always goes deep into the playoffs in Baltimore. They're always dangerous. And then Cleveland, off of their AFC title game run a year ago, both of those teams finish eight and nine. And then Cincinnati pretty much sweeps it. And then you know Big Ben and company find a way into the postseason this year and got drilled by the Chiefs yesterday. Open phones here the rest of the hour. Nebraska and uh, Indiana still going back and forth right now. 32-23, Nebraska trails. About six minutes left, and uh, someone's got a, got a baked potato coming. I, I smell that here at the single barrel. It is fantastic. Um, as you've been deemed by Dan on Twitter, COVID boy is back in the uh, in the saddle. That is um, Elijah Herbal back in studio. And what a rough stretch for you, dude. You you've had to endure that. You're a guy who doesn't like to not work. And uh, you've been uh, been double dipping with me today between KFOR and, and ESPN. So thank you for that. So let's spend a minute here on this NFL postseason. And I'm. Uh, 
I think it's it's a I know Tennessee's the one seed and they get Henry back and it's going to be a tough ask for Cincinnati, but I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't write off Cincinnati. This moment's not been too big for Burrow or for Taylor, and it was nice to to kind of get that that home game, that setup, that situation. Uh, for them to, to have a playoff game at home as they go now on the road. I flip it around, and Buffalo and Josh Allen are, are playing at such a high level. We thought that would be the case. And uh, that's not a that's not an eaten, and there's no easy schedule this time of year. But, brother, it's, it's, a, it's an ask for Kansas City as well as they're playing to get Buffalo. I mean, that's your AFC title game. With all due respect to Tennessee, I know they're the one seed, but man, that's a that's a tough second round matchup, Elijah, where it is Buffalo and uh, Kansas City and Arrowhead. That'll be a, a big time ball game, and then the winner gets to move on. Interesting tonight. Do you get road get you know road Arizona eight zero focused good defense crisp offense, or do you get the fading Arizona? Uh, remove that Dallas game, of course. And then there's L.A. I mean, they are built to win right now with a bunch of pro bowlers and guys on offense that have been clicking. Uh, that'll be coming up here a little bit after 6 on many of your Hale Varsity affiliates as Indiana up right now by 9 points, 5.30 left in that first half. So we'll keep an eye on basketball. But what an NFL weekend, and we really thought it'd come down to quarterback play. That was the difference. Well, yeah, and when you talk about the, the wild card weekend, I know there were some blowouts, um, but it showed me that realistically in the AFC, um, all four teams remaining, all four teams that are going to be playing in the divisional, I think have a shot at making the Super Bowl. I don't think any of those teams is a uh, a team you can just look over and walk by. The The Bills are very good and very competitive with Josh Allen. They looked incredible on Saturday night. Uh, the Chiefs looked great last night. Uh, the Titans now have Derrick Henry back. Uh, so that means good things for them after they already took home the one seed. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, it's been the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase story. And whenever you have a quarterback-wide receiver connection working like that, uh, that it really feels like nobody can stop. I mean, you saw what they did to the Chiefs. I, I couldn't tell you who's going to make it out of the AFC. I'm super uh, excited for what the AFC can bring. Uh, the NFC, uh, I don't think it's the same story over there. Uh, I think it's really uh, a two horse race between horse the, race. Uh, the, the Buccaneers Green Bay. and Green Bay. Yeah, uh, my thoughts exactly. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough for the 49ers. I don't think their team is good enough as a whole. Uh, and uh, I don't know about either of these two teams tonight. They've been hit or miss, the Cardinals and, uh, and the Rams both. So we'll see which version then we get in the playoffs. But I'm looking forward to that game tonight as well. You know, I look at Green Bay and, and they're hitting on all cylinders. Arizona's got the talent, but they're a far cry from what they were early in the year, despite their run game. If I'm Dallas, I mean, I really look at where I'm at with my offense. And you had a great offensive line for, for a period of time. Now it's, it's a shadow of what it once was. And you got to figure out your running back situation. I mean, I think Zeke's best days are behind him, and it's okay to move on. Let's squeeze in a phone call. John's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Indiana up nine and a whistle uh, down on the uh, the offensive end here. So as McGowan's goes to the rim, he draws the foul. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yes, uh, you know I asked you a couple of weeks for some encouragement, but I was just looking at some stats, and Nebraska is having a seventy nine point two 
point, point .2 points, 79.2 scored against them. They are the next to the worst team in the country for having points uh, run out by another team. Points, points allowed? Yeah, points allowed. And, you know, we're ju- I'm just looking for some encouragement. But when I look at $20 million to buy him out, what does he have to work for? You know, just finish the season out and go well, retire. There's, there's some pride. There's, there's some internal pride by Hoiberg. I mean, this is embarrassing for him, John. I mean, he's, he, Fred Hoiberg's a guy that wants to earn his money. And he needs to make defense an emphasis in the Big Ten. That has not been his emphasis. That's not been his strength. And that's not been something that it's not that he can't learn it or doesn't know it, but his priority and his forte has been offense. I mean, that's that's what they've done, right? And you got to bring in a defensive specialist here uh, when you take a look at things this off season, and you got to keep your morale going, and you got to get better chemistry when it comes to figuring out what transfers you take or what JUCOs you go after, and you got to keep your high schoolers here, and you got to put more of an emphasis on high schoolers. So. You know, as far as encouragement goes, I got nothing for you. I mean, there, there's talent. Are they going to get sick and tired of losing and getting their heads caved in by 30 every night? It's not happening now. But Indiana's winless on the road. They're still up by 10. Uh, Nebraska doesn't have uh, as much size as they need to survive in the Big Ten. Uh, their basketball IQ is not what it needs to be, and they just flat out don't make shots. And then defense is, is an afterthought. So... My, my encouragement is the season will be done soon. That's the I best thing I can get. I just have one comment to make to you. I, I'm going to take my wife down to have something to eat at the, at the uh, place single that barrel? you're calling from. The food sounds great. Yeah, sounds get, great. get on down to the single barrel, John. You'll love it. Oh, yeah. Get a steak. Thank you. Thanks, take buddy. care. Thank you. Bye. Me too. All right, we'll wind down um, a road show Monday from the single barrel inside the graduate. Hale Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. <laughs> Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here at the Single Barrel Road Show Monday here in front of Nebraska at Indiana. Now we're working towards halftime right now, and it's the uh, game celebrating the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King as we uh, think about uh, Dr. King today and his influence, his greatness, and what he gave to the world. And you have different players with their quotes and comments and uh, it's one of the reasons I was a history minor just as a kid, uh, learning about uh, Dr. King in school and just what he did. Indiana right now uh, clinging to a six-point lead. Kise, uh able to convert on the other end. Now 
Indiana goes inside immediately in a right-hand power dunk uh, in the paint. You're, we're seeing more about uh, we're seeing more of Bryce McGowan's as he gets to the ten and can't finish uh, running the point. So that's an adjustment that's pretty good. Uh, I like that uh, Verge's off ball right now. If I can make out uh, the numbers anyway, so that's something different here as Andre's trying to d up uh, down in the paint. So we'll see where Nebraska goes uh, and if they can get a win at home against a winless team in the Big Ten. Indiana mid-range jumper sticks and uh, lead back the 10. So when we come back on air, Nebraska's uh, work goes out the window, Elijah. Got an email from Ted. Ted asked the question that no doubt is on your mind with his commitment today. Is it Chuba with a short U? Or is it Chuba with the long U asking, also with 90% of running backs, success is 70% O-line and 30% personal talent. With the other 10% of running backs, they make the O-line look good. Nebraska has not had a 10%er in a generation. I'll say this, and, and, I, and I agree with you, Ted, that Nebraska has not had a difference maker at back that can help a we'll say a shade above average offensive line look like a good O-line. I think the O-line that was in Lincoln during the Corey Ross era was pretty good when you look at NFL talent. I think the O-line that was in Lincoln during the Hulu, Burkhead, and Amir era was a good O-line just when you look at the number of NFL guys and then you look back to the early 2000s where you've got uh, uh, Finotti, uh, Raiola and Russ Hochstein all on the same line. Not only those three NFL guys, but we're talking two second rounders and a fifth rounder on top of all conference honors. So Nebraska's had a, a run of O-lines that have NFL dudes. It just hasn't worked recently. And it, it, it's possible that you're going to have uh, Jurgens with, you know, a third through fifth round pick. You've had Farniak go. You had Hymas go. So you've had some NFL talent, but it's not all been at the same time. It's been staggered a bit. Back at it tomorrow. Coach Kaz will join us, get some NFL and college ball thoughts from him. More from Mitch Sherman in the athletic. Thanks to the friends at the Single Barrel for having us out here ahead of Nebraska, Indiana. Back at you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. And uh, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.